Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. And how does this fit into my overall life story? What's the context that this is sitting in? Why is this worthy of its own project, its own album? I think when you approach a project from that perspective, it can give you ideas of how to structure it, what to focus on, what to include, and what to exclude. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 73. In this episode, I'm sharing my top tips for travel scrapbooking. Hey friends, this is a short and sweet episode that's also super special. I want to go ahead and give you a heads up that if you head over to the show notes, simplescrapper.com slash SYW073, you can find a brand new free guide for travel scrapbooking. I really hope this is something that helps you dig into some of your past adventures, especially since we're not going anywhere these days, and live vicariously through those travels and get more of your projects finished this summer. I'm so proud of this new guide, and I hope you enjoy it. But for this episode, I wanted to quickly go through some of my best tips for creating travel projects, whether that's individual layouts, collages, mini books, project life type albums, photo books, traveler's notebooks. It doesn't really matter which format you choose. The tips I'm going to be sharing here apply to all because you know that's what we do here at Simple Scrapper. We give you strategies and approaches to improve your process no matter what type of scrapbooking that you do. Now, I also want to give you a heads up that at the end, I'm going to be sharing three different places that you can grab some bonus tips. So make sure you stick around for that. Let's dive into the tips. Number one, and this is a really big one, don't try to scrapbook all of your photos. So let's say you take an average vacation, it's five to seven days, you could have gone to the next town, you could have gone across the world, but you probably took between 500 and 2,000 photos. You took a lot of pictures because that's what we do these days. And especially if you you take into account that not only do you have a phone with a camera in it, but your partner and even other family members do as well. That just multiplies the number of photos that you have. And so when you sit down to scrapbook your travels, it can feel totally overwhelming because you have all these pictures to weed through. So my recommendation is to shoot for selecting about 10% of those photos. 
So if you had a thousand for the trip, you want to shoot for about a hundred. And to even start with, you can even shoot a little bit lower. I recently pared down more than a thousand photos to about 75. And, but when you start small, you figure out what's missing and then you can cherry pick those additional ones, but it makes it so much easier. And this is particularly the case if you enjoy editing your photos. There are very, very few circumstances in which I would recommend editing a thousand photos. Maybe only if you're a wedding photographer. If you're just the average everyday scrapbooker, it just doesn't make sense. But if you enjoy editing photos and you like that consistent look and feel, especially for a a holistic type of album, then when you pare that number down, you only have to then go edit those photos. And hopefully you're using some shortcuts like presets and things like that to make it easier. Tip number two. And this is really at the core of what we do here at Simple Scrapper. I want you to choose the format that is most finishable. And you may have to keep in mind that that format might be one you don't choose regularly, or it might even be a mix of formats. All right, so what does that mean? So maybe you love to do 12 by 12 layouts, or maybe you've even been dabbling in a traveler's notebook size. Whatever it is that you're doing for your everyday scrapbooking right now, when you sit down to approach a bigger project, it may not always make sense to use that same format. That's when you want to choose something that's... um, more of a container, if you will. That's why I love photo books for my travels. But even if you you don't choose a photo book, think about what are my options and what's going to be the most finishable for me, given that this is a bigger scope than my everyday storytelling of one page at a time. Now, the mix of formats is a little bit different, and I think this really helps when it comes to memorabilia or even trying to maximize your productivity and balance that with your creativity. Let's say you enjoy making layouts, but you know you can't make 40, 50 layouts for this whole travel. It's just too overwhelming and you know you won't finish. You could make a small selection of pages for the the best, biggest stories, or even just as an introduction to your album. And then you could use pockets, photo collages, more magazine, photo book style pages for the rest of your album. So when you think about and, and give yourself permission to mix formats that can make a project more finishable as well. Tip number three. I want to suggest that you build your project in layers and with batches. Now, I teach this in my Before Your Story album class. You may have heard it there. I just released a new photo book magic philosophy seminar. I teach the same thing there. This is how I have taught albums for years now. And for me, this is kind of my natural inclination, and I know that it can be help you be more productive as well. So by layers, what I mean is, what is the overall foundation of the book? Is it an actual binder? Is it a bound thing? Is it a photo book? What's the overall container? And then how is that divided up? I Let's just say I'm going to do an album, and it has a bunch of page protectors in it. I'm going to assemble all those page protectors and I'm going to kind of lay a foundation first. And then I'm going to figure out how are those, how is that divided? Are there sections? Are there categories? 
and I'm going to build up from there. Finally, and typically usually ending with my journaling. And that's where the batching comes in, is that if you can create similar types of pages in one sitting, you can uh, lean on that ease of repetition and get more done. So I love to do kind of batch processing up to, I would say, five or six pages at a time where you're using a lot of repetition and doing the same things again. Let's just say you have an album that has five different sections. So you could lay out those five different introductions and do those all at once. And then let's say you have um, a a full page, beautiful photo, or even a double page spread that's all photo. You could then add that in as the next layer. Okay. And, you know, as I said, I teach this in my album classes and you can get really complicated, which is why I include lots of worksheets and downloads and ways to plan all of that out. But let's move on to number four for now. And that's that I want you to start your travel project. And this really applies to any kind of project to start with the story. And by that, I don't necessarily mean journaling or words. I mean, to start with this intention of why is this particular trip or travel or adventure or exploration experience or whatnot, why is this worth remembering And how does this fit into my overall life story? What's the context that this is sitting in? Why why is this worthy of its own project, its own album? I think when you approach a project from that perspective, it can give you ideas of how to structure it, what to focus on, what to include, and what to exclude. So I think this is really, really important. And it's not necessarily, as I said, about the words or the journaling. It's about what is the story you're trying to tell here. This leads really well into tip number five. And this one, I think, might be a challenge for some. And for others, they'll be like, well, of course. And that's that you don't necessarily need travel-themed supplies to scrapbook a travel adventure or vacation. Um, There's a lot of really fun lines out there that, you know, have airplanes and locations, but they don't necessarily always fit with the type of trip that you took. Um, You don't want to put a uh, little embellishment of an Eiffel Tower on your camping trip to the Southwest United States. It doesn't make sense. So I encourage you to think more about patterns and motifs and color palettes and moods than to think about specific themed supplies. You can also just think of, look through your photos and see, is, are there any common colors that stand out to give you a launch point? Um, so if you did take that Southwest trip, maybe you're looking for like muted, like rust tones and uh, beiges and golden colors like that. Um, versus if you were hiking in the piney woods of East Texas, you might want more like greens and browns and like more rustic uh, greenery type images and supplies to coordinate with that. Now, you guys know I'm not typically very matchy matchy, but I find that that type of approach to choosing supplies is, uh, is a lot easier and more supportive than it is to look for, well, I need travel products for my vacation album. All right, number six. And this is where 
I do think themes are really helpful, but this is a different perspective on it. And then I want you to look for themes in your photos. We talked about dividing your project or your album into different sections. Sometimes you can create groupings of images that aren't strictly chronological, but are otherwise related, such as all the food that you ate on a trip or lots of photos that you took of your feet and kind of that where I, from where I stand type of perspective. You're you know, your toes in the sand or your sandals in the water or on the edge of a cliff, wherever you, t- if you took a series of photos like that, or maybe you took photos of doors or windows, or you found some sort of whatever kind of theme or repetition you found in your photography, you might want to gather some of those as part of your project. They may even become themes in your album. All right, tip number seven. So I've mentioned repetition a couple times now. And that's because this can be enormously helpful. Even if you are creating a new layout for every single page in this project, I don't want you to feel like you have to reinvent the wheel with every page or use a different sketch or try to make each one different. You're going to naturally gravitate towards your own style anyway, so it can be really helpful to have a smaller selection of page designs, whether these are more, you know, super simple minimalist page designs in a photo book or even, you know, layered uh, two-page spreads that are traditional scrapbook pages. When you repeat these, it provides more like harmony and, and holisticness throughout your project, and it just makes it a heck of a lot easier for you. Tip number eight. And this one, I think, is maybe one that doesn't get talked about enough, but is so, so important when it comes to actually doing the storytelling and writing some words to, to coordinate with the photos that you've selected. And that's, I want you to acknowledge the perspective you have right now in this moment on whatever event or activity or experience you're scrapbooking. Whether that is close in time or distant in time, you have a particular perspective. And I don't, I want to encourage you not to journal or write or storytell as if you did it right when you got back from your trip or even when you were on your trip, because that's not, not, it's not going to reflect what you genuinely know, feel, even remember right now. And it can actually be so much more rich and meaningful and add so much more context to the album to acknowledge that perspective that you have right now and what you've learned and what you've gained and what this experience means to you. And the best example that I have from my own uh, my own library is a photo book that I created a couple years back now, but it was from a major road trip I took with my stepsons about a year after my husband and I were married. And if I had scrapbooked that in the moment, which I had tried and actually failed to do at that time, and I had to completely course correct and do it a different way later. If I tried to do it then, I would have just said, hey, we went to these places. We went to Mount Rushmore. We went, you know, we went to Glacier National Park. It was this, you know, that, that part of the country type of trip, and it would have been very factual. But by having time that had passed since that activity... I was able to look back on this and see how that fit in our life. And that was a transformational journey in our relationship as a blended family. It was our first major trip, the first time that all of us had really been, you know, contained together for an extended period of time. 
And it really helped our relationships and my relationships with my stepsons. And I don't think that we would have the same relationship today if it had not been for that trip. And so I was able to take that perspective and add so much more richness to the story than if I had even documented that in the moment. So if you're thinking about, you know, trips you've taken in the past and you feel like, oh, it's been so long, I can't remember enough. I want you to know that you have so much more perspective now that can make it even better. But no matter where you are, how close or far you are from this particular travel, I want you to just kind of come to this present moment, come to today and write from that perspective. So tip number nine kind of is an extension here. And that's if you need help kind of bringing back some of those memories and remembering what happened, what you experienced, you know, you you see the photos, but how did they all fit together? How did you feel? Particularly if you didn't capture anything in the moment, you can use your five senses to jog your memory. Think about smells and tastes and, you know, just that, that visceral experience of, of being in the moment and that can jog your memory to bring back more of the trip and, and how you felt in the moment. So I, I hope that helps. Okay, we have three more tips here. Number 10, if you are documenting a place that you return to often, like maybe it's a family cabin or even a, a destination that you enjoy like Disney, I don't want you to feel like though you may have permission to, I don't want you to feel like every trip needs to be its own project. It's totally up to you, but think about and consider whether it would work for you to create something, a larger album maybe, that you can add to over time. This can take a lot of the pressure off of being overly holistic about every time you go to this place. You can kind of just add to the story and really think of it as an ongoing larger project. I think this can be really rewarding. You don't have to do it for every place like this, but there's certainly some where it makes a lot of sense, particularly if you have a little bit of a backlog and you see this repetition. Well, we've been to this place three times and I haven't scrapbooked any of them. How can you combine those together and feel more caught up and feel like, yeah, I've got that done. Okay, number 11. This is a big one. Another one of the big questions I get is how do you handle memorabilia? I have two preferred ways. And first, I'm going to tell you actually the way that I don't prefer. And this kind of goes for memorabilia in general in my scrapbooking. I personally don't prefer to incorporate it onto the page. I don't, it's, it's not really my style. And I, I don't really enjoy that particular challenge. If you do, awesome. Please continue doing that. So for memorabilia, if I want to include it in my album and not in kind of a separate box, I will do one of two things. One, I will either photograph or scan it, particularly the bulky items that you want to remember that you had, but you'd prefer to just discard. It's better to just, you know, capture it and then incorporate that into either your photo library just in general or even into your project. I also like to use pockets, whether it's envelope type pockets that close or even divided pocket page protectors to slip in some of that memorabilia. I prefer to have it as part, an additional part of the album, if you will, than to, as I said, incorporate it into the pages. I like that kind of variety in the different types of pages in my books as well. Okay, final tip for this podcast episode. And this one is super important as well, because I know how many projects that even myself that I have started and not been able to finish because I didn't have accountability built in from the beginning. 
And no matter what you do, whether you become part of our My Simple Scrapper community or you have another community that you trust and really feel comfortable with, it could just be an accountability buddy, a good friend who loves scrapbooking as much as you do. Um, you need that place where you can say, share and state your intentions. This is the project I'm working on. Keep updates of your progress and have that place to celebrate your wins when you finally finish. Because when you celebrate your wins, that creates this huge momentum that can drive you into that next project and that next win. So accountability is so much part of what we do at Simple Scrapper and especially inside of our community. Okay, that wraps up the first 12 tips. And yes, I said the first 12. I actually have three bonus tips that you can find if you head over to Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And so if you go to the show notes for this episode, again, that's simplescrapper.com slash SYW073, you can find the links to all those bonus tips, as well as, of course, our new free guide on travel scrapbooking. I would love if you followed me in any of those locations, if you prefer to, and if you don't already, um, I share lots of content, sometimes similar content, sometimes different content in all of those places, um, but that is where I sometimes hang out and share additional things beyond what you hear on the podcast. All right, that concludes this episode for this week. I will actually be back next week where I'm in the hot seat. Kim will be interviewing me for our kickoff episode of the month and a new edition of the My Way series with moi as our featured artist. I think that'll be fun and I can't wait to share more of my own stories with all of you. Thanks again for listening. And as always, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. <laughs>